Hi everyone, this is James Eek and you are listening to Warrior's Way Podcast, Season 3, Episode 121. Before we kick off, an episode that looks at the sometimes hard to understand concept of selflessness and the huge importance of it. I just want to talk to you for a moment about the Warrior's Way online training program. If you haven't heard about it yet, the Warrior's Way online training program is an extension of what we try to do here with the podcast, but into a cool virtual dojo available 24-7 wherever you are around the world. And that's pretty cool if you ask me. With the Warrior's Way online training program, you can train in my unique fusion martial arts classes that I've put together from about 10 different martial arts. You can learn meditation. You can learn breath work. You can get some awesome workouts and a ton of supplemental videos on everything from training with an injury to some cool sword drills. And if you haven't played with a sword since you're a little kid, well, you should start. I really think that there is something in this online training program for everyone, and it's put together in the best of ways from the things that I use to keep myself happy, healthy, fit, and chilled out and enjoying my life. So, if that sounds good to you, and how could it not, really? (laughs) Or if you would really like the chance to work one-on-one with me, then head on over to our podcast website, which is www.warriorsway.ca. Again, that's www.warriorsway.ca. And check it out. And better yet, when you're there, drop me a line and we can figure out what works best for you and how you can get started today. That sounds like a great idea. Um, One more thing before you either get listening to this awesome podcast or head over to warriorsway.ca and check out the online training program. If you're listening to this live, you are probably like me shaking my head wondering what the heck, man, is the media actually right? And we're about to hit a fourth wave of this COVID thing. Oh my gosh. You know why? Because there's not enough people getting vaccines. That's why, I'll be honest with you. So, like I keep harping, and hopefully you're listening, you need to get that shot, okay? It not only is going to potentially save your own life, which sounds like a good win-win situation, but it's going to help stop this thing. Because, let's face it, folks, I'm tired of it, you're tired of it, we're all tired of it. Just get that shot in your arm and let's be done with this thing. It is safe, I've had mine, I don't have an arm growing out of my ear, I am perfectly healthy, I feel like a huge weight is off my shoulders. And I'm looking forward to the rest of my life without this. But if you are one of those people sitting on the fence and being selfish and greedy and all those other wonderful things that we try not to be, but sometimes we are, just get yourself the vaccine. Do something for other people. Just do it. All right. With that soapboxing, let's get this show on the road. 
Impermanence is easy to understand, even if it's on the conceptual level. We're all familiar with suffering, one form or another, at different times. But the notion of no self, of selflessness, is really counterintuitive. It takes time to really absorb the meaning of it. I found one way of pointing to it in a way that's much more accessible. If we think of it in terms of lack of self-centeredness, I think it's easier for people to understand. When we're not self-centered, it's the deepest meaning of that phrase. It's the lack of self at the center. But we can approach it in a more ordinary understanding of that phrase. To whatever degree we're moving in the direction of the lack of self-centeredness, when we're on that trajectory, a natural occurrence is greater metta or loving kindness. Because we're not so self-obsessed. Quite naturally, when we're not so tightly in the grip of this I and me mind, then our relationship with other people, it's quite natural and peaceful and spontaneous to wish them well. Because we're not trying to protect anything in ourselves. We're not trying to aggrandize ourselves. We're not trying to defend ourselves. So when all of that falls away, there's a natural flow of of loving kindness. There's also a much greater feeling of compassion when it comes across, when we come across suffering in the world. A very great Tibetan meditation master of the last century said something really beautiful about this. When you realize the empty nature, empty here means empty of self. When you realize the empty nature of phenomena, the energy to bring about the good of others dawns uncontrived and effortless. So it's almost like compassion is the activity of emptiness of self. For the mind that's free of that self-absorption, the expression of that mind is compassion, dawning, as I said, uncontrived and effortless. It also brings about the quality of mudita, which is that empathic joy. Just taking delight in that happiness of another. Not because of what we're getting, but because they are happy. This is, in one way, the beauty of our Dharma practice. That even though there are specific meditations to develop each of these states, just out of the practice of awareness, of mindfulness, these states will grow and manifest spontaneously and effortlessly because we are freeing ourselves to some extent from this self-centeredness. And then it brings about the last of these qualities, which is equanimity or mental calmness. It's much easier to stay in balance and responsive to situations. It doesn't mean indifference. It means responsive rather than being reactive. And that's two very different things. So that also comes about as the ego self begins to loosen its grip on our mind. So... That is from Tricycle Magazine, which is a really great magazine, by the way. 
It's from Tricycle Magazine from an interview with the well-known meditation teacher, Joseph Goldstein. Um, you can listen to Joseph Goldstein's full interview on this, by the way, at, on Tricycle Magazine, if you subscribe to their magazine, um, under Tired of Pretending to Be Me. It's in something called Tricycle Talks. Check it out. So we all have a choice to make. And we can make it right now. We can spend the rest of our lives living in the light. Or we can do the opposite. Maybe, maybe the rest of your life is too long to think about. So how about this moment? If you can commit 100% to being a light in the darkness right now, then that's getting somewhere. Just right now. And if you can do it right now, this idea of right now and what that means, it can become a way of life. And this idea of being a true light shining in the darkness can start to make some major impacts, not just in your life, but in the world, and who knows, maybe in the universe itself. Most people walk through life with blinders on. Maybe they don't want to or they're unable to see the truest nature of reality. Maybe they are just so caught up with the delusion that swirls around them, that's fed by culture and society and the endless churn of information we get flooded with. You see, the, the society, or better yet, the view of reality that we are all fed, it's pretty much nothing but a lie. The truth of our lives and our reality is far different than most will ever really see. To get there, you have to get down to some fairly serious training. And I'm not going to get into what that means right now. Let's just say that our self-centered view of reality, the I, 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 me, 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 is not only the central aspect of our delusion, but also maybe for the beginning of a radical shift in our view of things, what causes so much trouble in all our lives. We cling to things. We want things. We worry about things. We fear things. All of this happens in the shifting sands of how we see life. Generally, we spend way too much time dwelling on the past or fearing and fretting about the future. Now, here's a little mind-blowing secret. None of that actually exists. The past is gone, and it's of no value to you. The future isn't here, and also of no sense worth worrying about. What you're left with is right now, in this moment. When we start to understand that... When we start to really see that all we have is now and there is no guarantee of anything else and add to this that all the other myriad of things around us also face the same fact but end up suffering from skirting the magnitude of this mixed with uh, obsession with self. What you're left with if you really want to be a light in the world instead of just more darkness, 
is that there is just one option left, and that's to help. Now, this level of helping can be in big ways or it can be in small ways. You can make a conscious effort to mitigate the level of harm you cause in the world. And of course, you won't be able to completely avoid it. You wash your hands and you're killing things. You walk down the sidewalk, it's the same thing. You eat food, yep, more death and destruction. What I personally do is I try to balance it. I try to help as many people and things as I can. When given an opportunity to help something, you do what you can. Are you always going to succeed? Nope. You're going to fail and you'll fail some more. What you can do, though, is turn these failures into lessons. And you can turn them into opportunities to expand your world and to expand your perception and to expand your view of life and your place in it. And the best part of failing is learning and doing things better as a flawed human being. In the Army, when I was in training and throughout my career, we were bombarded with the concept of service before self. This means putting serving your country and its people ahead of your own desires, and in some cases, your own life. In military terms, this means being willing to put your life at stake for the greater good. Interesting and, in, interestingly enough, this same concept is what Buddhism pretty much is pointing at as well, albeit from a different angle. This path is one of putting the liberation or relieving of suffering of all living things ahead of all other things, so that it is literally what you're looking at as a huge part of your training. And it's what some people call the Bodhisattva path. Now, some of you might be like, yeah, 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 whatever. I'm not a Buddhist. Well, guess what? You don't have to be. <laughs> and it's not any different than anything else if you were. What you can be, though, is a super person who is going to make selflessness the central tenet of whatever training you make yours. You train in the martial arts? Great. Instead of focus on how to destroy someone, how to harm someone, make your training about how to defend yourself for sure, but to mitigate the damage you would do to someone else. Make violence itself something that you try to avoid. Ask yourself how you can do that, kickboxing or in jiu-jitsu or karate or whatever else, but from the standpoint of protection for others, of not letting your ego grab hold, of helping others first and foremost. When you make this what your training is about and less about building yourself up, less of competing with others, less of a self-focused view of training and more of a view of what you can do to help others, you will find your whole training change. And more importantly, your whole life will change. What things can we all do to help cultivate this, this selfless approach? Well, we can judge less. We can be critical less. We can gossip less. We can be mean and thoughtless less. We can smile more. 
We can be kind more. And yeah, we can help more. And an amazing thing will happen when we start down this path to help spread light in this world. We'll find that it changes our outlook. And not only that, it makes you feel less likely to react to things as you once did. It's going to make you smile more. And it's going to make you actually look for ways to help more. So, here's a little practice that you can do any time of the day. It just takes a few slow breaths. As you breathe in, think about the people and things in your life, even or maybe especially those you have issues with, and send them and visualize them being surrounded and getting loving kindness, whatever that means to you. See them in that light. You want this to be a thing that you think of regularly. You see an ant wandering down the sidewalk, send it loving kindness. Some woman in the grocery store is dealing with a screaming kid, loving kindness. You're getting choked out in jujitsu, defend yourself, but then send loving kindness. You can work this in whatever way you want. Sometimes when I'm out for a walk or riding my bike and I pass someone or see something, I just say to myself, I hope you have a life of happiness and joy. I've known Zen masters who make it a practice to make a more formal bow and a recitation when they pass things as well. But you can do it just inside yourself and feel it. The thing is, it doesn't really matter. It's similar to how when I was raised in the martial arts, that when you bow to someone in the dojo, you think to yourself of how grateful you are for them to be here training with you. That you have gratitude for them being in your life and that you hope they never have to use what you will be training in together. And that you do your utmost that nobody is injured in training. You take that same concept we use in the dojo and expand it to mean even more in life. For me, in the past few years, I've really amped up this aspect of my training. And I've found that it makes a huge impact. Give it time and it changes the way you see most things and how you react to them as well. When it comes to training, whatever that means to you, We need a kind of practice that actually has an impact on our lives, one that changes us and for the better. Without that, we will find ourselves habitually following the same patterns we always have and just spinning our wheels in the mud. I don't know about you, but I want more from my life. I remind myself constantly that even the dimmest light in the darkness beams outward. So... See how it goes. Better yet, try it for a while and let me know. We can all add to the darkness and add to the delusion of this world. We can be ambivalent to it. Or we can decide right now, in this moment, to be a light casting all of that away. What are you going to do? I know what I'll be doing. So, the question of the week 
comes to us from Jerome. I love that name. I know you really believe in med. Oh, I remember this one. I know you really believe in meditation and think that it is of benefit to people, but I don't really get what the big deal is with sitting on the floor and breathing or whatever. <laughs> I love this question. <laughs> I think I love it because uh, I can see me being the kind of person that would ask this kind of question. <laughs> All right. So again, I, I know you really believe in meditation and think that it is of benefit to people, but I don't really get what the big deal is with sitting on the floor and breathing or whatever. Um, when I first got this question, I honestly didn't know how to take it. I didn't know if it was serious or not. Was it the kind of question that somebody actually wants me to answer? <laughs> and then I realized that I was thinking this as exactly what Jerome is talking about. I'm someone who's been meditating for the past four decades at least. I understand it and I am looking at it from the perspective that few people really have, especially here in the West. Now, here's the thing. Whether you realize it or not, all you really have is your mind. Now, let's just imagine that you have this mind thing and actually aren't even really aware of it. So it's kind of like a pet that you have that does whatever it wants to do. And it is kind of nuts most of the time, to be honest. And it drags you around and it makes you believe things that mostly aren't true. And it makes you feel things that mostly aren't real. And it makes you react in ways that later you probably don't like so much if you actually think about it. The thing is that we all have this. We have this crazy mind pet that does whatever it wants, but makes us mostly miserable. <laughs> or in the very least, completely unaware of anything other than what we can hold onto with our two hands when it isn't worrying about the future or dwelling on the past. Now, people will spend a fortune on a gym membership or on buying things to make them feel better, but they're going to completely forget what they should do first and foremost, and that is just sit quietly and look at what is going on between their own ears. Meditation teaches us as much as we are willing to learn. As much as we are willing to learn. Think about that. It is going to shine a light on all the hidden corners and the dark things that we didn't even realize were there. That you didn't even imagine that were there. It builds discipline builds resilience, it makes us more calm, makes us nicer, and it makes us more caring. It shows us what is the most important things in this life that we have been given. It allows us to slow things down, especially important in these often crazy and chaotic days we find ourselves in.
Meditation, if you let it, becomes your superpower. It's the place where you find who you are and what your potential truly is. Now, I can't force you to meditate. Nobody can. I can't force you to actually see it being of benefit. Nobody can actually make you see the value in it or in anything. What I would suggest, though, is that you give it a shot and more than once or twice. Try it for a few months, every single day, and see what it brings into your life. So sit for five or ten minutes a day at first, and if you can, increase it. What you're going to find is that it isn't easy at first. None of the most important things in life are easy, though. But they're worthwhile. So try it out. All right. And I think I'll leave it at that. That was actually a good question. So thanks for sending that in. (laughs) Made me laugh at the very least. So thanks a lot. If you have any questions that you'd like to have added in, by the way, go to the um, podcast website at www.warriorsway.ca and you'll find a way to get in contact with me. And uh, yeah, send it through there. And by the way, I love hearing from all of you about the podcast, what you think of it, all that kind of stuff. So please do touch base. Like I've said before, I like two-way conversations, not just you listening to me. (laughs) All right, let's end this off. Uh, Don't forget to check out the Warriors Way online training program, and I'd love to see you join. Uh, Like I've mentioned, go to our website, www.warriorsway.ca. There's a whole lot of stuff there. There are ways that you can... Um, help support what we're trying to do here. I have a page called Check It Out. And there are books there you can pick up and uh, meditation supplies and, you know, health stuff. And we get a little bit of that. So uh, if you can pick something up, that would help us out. Um, You can also help us out via our Patreon page. This, all of this, by the way, just keeps this podcast going because you, as you can well imagine this thing is free, but it takes time and effort and a lot of it. So if you love it, let's keep it going. You can find us on Instagram. You can find us on Facebook. And if you're so inclined and you like the kind of stuff that I talk about, you can check out one of the books that I've written on martial arts and training. Uh, The books are available on your Kobo, your Kindle, or you can get a paperback copy on Amazon because Amazon has everything. (laughs) Anyhow, folks, I think we'll end it there. So until next time, train hard, have fun, and figure out what it means to be a good friend and then do it. Thanks a lot.